Well, the clock struck 11, but 11.57 is where it struck me that I just couldn't stay. So I jumped on my scooter, headed home to my computer, where that damn work firewall couldn't get in the way. of the day and this day would probably break with no nooner there to break me away but there's like a band-aid on the gravestone of the USA oh good morning everybody welcome to the Smodco internet radio networks the nooner show I'm a host my name is Marty I'm a host my name is Mickey Hey, Mickey. Hey, Marty. How you doing? Oh, it's just a one-on-one with yeah. me and Mickey. That's right. Getting hot and heavy. Um, thank you guys for joining us. If you're listening on the pod and not listening live and tweeting in uh, supportive things at me while I flail just <laughs> horribly um, on, the, uh, on the boards, I uh, was having just terrible uh, technical problems, and it, it wasn't really something that I could uh, foresee. It's just like... It was just me restarting it, restarting it, and restarting it until it worked, um, which is probably not the best way to run a run a, a radio. I would uh, say that would audio be, thing that would have been entirely like all of my suggestions would have been like, well, I think if you turn it off and turn it on, that's usually worse. Right, right. <laughs> have you tried unplugging and plugging it back in or whatever it is? Um, yes, the it crowd. Uh, the IT crowd is, is right. right. It's I'm looking at Mickey now, and it's like looking at a different person because oh, Mickey no. is normally he has this. He looks like um, sort of like a, a proto. He looks like a grad student uh, in literature. You know, he's just all he's missing is like the 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 uh, uh, the tweed jacket with the leather on the elbows, right? And he's got the you know the beard, and and today he's looking scruffy. He's got a um, a trucker hat on, uh, Mad Max Fury Road trucker yeah. hat, um, and uh, he's you're wearing a, a short sleeve lumberman jack shirt, and yeah. and you've got almost um you've got a if I didn't know better I think oh that's a mullet you're wearing and your <laughs> and your beard is gone so it's like I'm looking at a different person uh, explain yourself sir okay so the beard thing <laughs> the beard thing was I had like a really big full beard. Uh, and it was, you know, it, it's going to be summertime. I was like, time to trim this bad boy down. Right. Because that's the Bruce R. way. The Bruce R. way. you got to trim it down. But um, Trim it down. Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> trim it down. Uh, unfortunately, when I went to trim it, I hadn't trimmed my beard in so long. I guess I had kind of forgotten how. Uh-huh. So I sort of accidentally shaved off like a middle part of my beard. <laughs> and so I just ended up having to start over. It was not... My finest uh, male grooming hour, um, but you, you're you're clean cut, or you were clean cut. What uh, yesterday? It was it was two days ago. Wow, that's a lot of growth in two days. I'm I'd so jealous. <laughs> um, and how does it feel? Do you feel like a new man? Um, it was weird. I think my boss at work, when she saw me, went, oh, you shaved, like with a disgusted look on yeah, her face. Yeah. And, yeah, and it like, kind of communicated a lot. Yeah. 
I just I forget how much face I have under the beard, and when I see it, I'm like, oh no, you got a lot of face. I do. It's so much face. It's, I mean, what how what do you do with all that face? It's just I have to, I have to store it under beard. I have to roll it away and put it somewhere <laughs> in case I ever need more face because it's it's a perturbing amount of face. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Giselle could use some of your your face because she's got a very thin. She does. You very know, just uh, petite face. Petite face. Uh, thank you, Senor Smoke and Jenny Marie and Tyson and Steve Erdley, SDE Boost, um, and Jane for um, guiding me through getting on the air. Uh, the Tumblr page is up. That's two, uh, I'm sorry, whatever, po- what are we here? <laughs> Noonerpodcast.tumblr.com. Or you can just go to Noonerpodcast.com. Um, yes. And you can also fill our mail sack. That's Noonerpodcast at gmail.com and tweet at us as some of us already are. Um, so, okay, it was revealed recently that Bill O'Reilly has paid over $13 million for sexual harassment claims against him. Mm. And you heard about that? I've heard and, and I should amend that. It, it's he and his employer, Fox News. Mm. They've paid over $13 million. Yet still, he proclaims his innocence. He says that he's a target because you know, he's this high-profile profile guy. Mm-hmm. Never mind that not all of his accusers have filed a lawsuit against him. Never mind that there are no other news people being sued for sexual harassment. Right. Oh, no, except for Roger Ailes, his disgraced ex-employer. I was, I was literally about to bring up Roger Ailes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but instead, you know, he has five accusers that, that filed lawsuits. He chose to pay them off. And then there's one other who um, uh, is a radio personality who he propositioned and, and she turned him down. And he, she was... Promised a job, then she he was proposition or she pro- propositioned her. She turned him down, then she lost the job. Mm. Um, but he said that he did this. He paid off these accusers to protect his children. Never mind that his two children have chosen to live with their mom because his daughter, his child, witnessed her father, him, dragging her mother down the stairs by her neck. Mm. Um, but for Bill, it's it's like. I, I liken it to like when you get an unjust parking ticket, you know, you know that you're in the right, you know, but you're like, you can't fight City Hall. And then, but there's a certain point at when you're like, you know, fuck it, I'm going to take pictures, I'm going to go down to the courtyard. And for me, that's probably like $75, maybe $60, right. you know, depending on uh, the time of year, how much money you've got in the bank. But, you know, and then, you know, I have gotten a ticket for a parking ticket for $75 and I mm. went around taking pictures of all the signs and and then uh, apparently in the city of Alhambra here in Los Angeles County parking restrictions are psychically tr- transmitted and <laughs> if you miss them it's your goddamn fault right um, but I digress <laughs> but for you know for me that point where I, I start fighting city hall is 60 or $75 that we have a precedent for me for Bill O'Reilly Papa Bear it's uh, $13 million. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. You know, he's worth a lot more than I am. Right, right, sure. But I don't know if that necessarily just... <laughs> right, yeah. right. But it's also the cost of uh, losing dozens and dozens of advertisers. Mm. And, you know, he's still on the air. Right. But the crazy thing about this is that all this sexual harassment dates back for... A dozen years. You can eat that jelly bean. I I'm I'm nervous about it because I'm on mic. No, 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 no. I go for it. it I, like, I know, yeah. I know. Just go. All right, ahead. I'm go gonna... ahead, do it. Um, what do you think, Mickey? Don't do that. <laughs> Vamp for a minute for me, Marty. I'm eating a jelly bean. 
<laughs> but he, <laughs> but we've known him for a dozen years, but that he's been a, a creep. And, um, you know, I think it was Andrea Macris is one of his producers that originally sued him. But a bunch of, because a bunch of people in power said it was okay to keep him on the air. And, you know, I don't know the genders or races of those people, but I'm guessing that they had old shriveled penises, wear pleated <laughs> jeans on the weekends, and jacked off watching big golf tournaments this past weekend, you know. And so specific, all of them. I know, but it's They've, true. That's it's very, no, that's the crazy thing is that it's so true. Yeah. And that, that's the problem. The, the people in power think that it's okay to prop up this pervy blowhard for all these years because he gets good ratings. And I think that's where in recently in this day and age, we're at a place where, um, and you can call me a social justice warrior, but I think that people get upset about that that uh, these people who are social justice warriors or, or who actually not warriors, but are just interested in social justice. Right. Um, not that every campaign is worthy of it, but there's just an avenue for people to do it. And like you get called out on Twitter and all of a sudden like United Airlines is getting like just pilloried oh, in, in on social media. And um, would, I mean like, in both cases, though, it's like, I don't feel like getting pilloried on social media is a f even a fitting punishment for the crime committed. Like, with, with oh, Bill O'Reilly, like, he's sexually assaulted or harassed, or is it harassed or assaulted? I don't actually remember what the specific charge uh, is. Yeah, both are creepy, both, right? Yeah, both yeah. are, but I, I didn't know if they were harassment. Harassment, okay. Yeah. He sexually harassed multiple people. Like, for him to have some bad press seems like minimal punishment to me. When it's also like, it's interesting because I think I actually read somewhere that his viewership went up after the charges, which I guess just goes into the idea of like no press is bad press or whatever. But it's it's insane to me that that is the viewership cultivated by that network that right. somebody can get accused of sexual harassment. And his and ratings go up. And his ratings go up. I mean, it's insane. But I I think we're at a point where where it's no longer okay for to let shit slide and um. Like all, last week, uh, it was like a week and a half ago, I guess, uh, on the Bill Maher show. Do you watch Bill Maher at all? Not not particularly, but I, yeah, I, I know Bill Maher. <laughs> but they were talking about Bill O'Reilly and how Bill O'Reilly called Maxine Waters, who's a, a congresswoman from uh, California, Southern California. Uh, he said, I, I couldn't listen to her speak on the, you know, on the House floor because she uh, was wearing that James Brown wig. And, and that's, you know that's uh offensive it's racist and and it's also like bill o'reilly who are you to tell anybody about their entire fashion situation right like you need to sit down bro right yeah and then like and and he props up a guy with the worst hair in the <laughs> on the planet but uh and then rick santorum and bill o'reilly were just like they were defending bill o'reilly um bill maher and and rick santorum were uh saying that, like, you know, people just are getting their panties in a bunch and they need to pick their fights, and it was just a joke. No, it's not just a joke. It's a joke if it's funny. Yeah. And if it's, if, if it's just making fun of her because she's black and she wears a wig, that's, like, it's pretty inexcusable. You know what I mean? In reference to the pick-your-fights argument, I'd rather have the line drawn 
as far as possible for people so that it's like when they cross it, it's like, wait, 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 no, you fucked up rather than being like, yeah, that's okay. Like, we'll, like, we'll see. Cause you know, give, give them an inch. They'll take a mile. Right. Is the whole argument. Right. There. Right. And you know, his, his apology was, I made a bad joke. No, you made a racist joke. Mm. And, uh, I think that we also have the, well, you know, we say racist, sexist, stupid things and thoughtless, stupid shit on this podcast. And I will happen, happily, and, but uncomfortably, own up to it. Um, you know, like a few weeks ago, I made a thing about, you know, not knowing how to shake hands or like with black people, black friends. And I mean, that is kind of a, it, that's a, that's more of a question about me being an old man, because also with white friends, younger people, basically younger people, I don't know how to shake their hands. Right. Well, there's so many options. I know. And I'm just like, I just wave, you know, whatever. Gonna, but, yeah. but anyhow, I'm, I made a, a dumb mistake and then Cassandra called me out on it and good for her. And, and it's, my, it's about my own social inadequacies and I'm happy to own up to that. But, <laughs> but. Well, and I think like what we're, what I don't think anyone's calling for is like perfection 100% of the time in speaking about every issue. It's just being like, when you fuck up, you have to be like, oh, that was a mistake. I fucked up. Like, I'm really sorry to right. people. And if, and if people are offended by that, it's not up to the two whitest people in the world, Bill Maher and Rick Santorum, to say, you're not really offended. Right, exactly. Like, that's a ridiculous... <laughs> it's insane that that is, that is the way the media works at the moment, but it's just because it is a a predominantly white industry like you can have a show where it's like a couple of white dudes with probably mostly white producers saying a thing that's like dumb it's just dumb it's a dumb thing to say yeah exactly and and but which brings me to pepsi (laughs) pepsi is actually just i i saw the pepsi commercial and i I was so ready to cringe because everybody talked so much. Yeah, uh, t- was already like had already hyped it up for me so much, and I just was laughing the entire time. It's so incredibly tone deaf. It looks like an SNL sketch. It really does. And now d- describe. I mean, I know that everybody's seen it. Everybody can watch it right. if they want. But just just go through right. it. Real well, for you know future podcast listeners. Uh, so the the Pepsi- right because this will be listened to in the annals of history. Right. In as, history, people yeah. will be like, "What were they talking on yeah. April? Yeah. What is it? April eighth? Yeah. April eleventh? Oh, remember Mickey Broussard's fourth public public record? <laughs> right, yes, exactly. Only the fourth time on record. Here we go. No, um, there, Pepsi had this commercial that was like, it was a protest. Not really sure what the protest was for. Uh, it was for, you know, talking and have a conversation. That was the crazy, like the signs were like, have a conversation. Or what was, it? there was one that said something like, like, I don't even remember. It was literally like, hey, listen, like, uh, I don't know if anybody ever played. Did you play? I'm sure you played Ocarina of Time. Uh, uh, I know what you're talking okay, about. Okay, cool, yes. cool. I didn't know if you were uh, an N64 gamer, but yeah, like it was like Navi from <laughs> was inhabiting a sign in this protest, like, "Hey, listen!" Uh, and then Kylie Jenner is just standing there, like on a photo shoot, looking at the protest and being like, "Oh, that's interesting." <laughs> and, and she's got a blonde wig on. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, "You know what? This is bullshit." And then like she takes off her wig. Like and revealing her brown hair as if to like fit in with the uh, people of color out right. there, and then tosses the wig to this black, this black assistant who gives her like the biggest stink eye I've ever seen. It's like the uh, like I didn't even notice. Oh my god! Go you have to you have to go back and watch it. She's just like 
fuck you, bitch. <laughs> she was speaking for all of us in that right, moment. Exactly. No, speaking I, for a generation. Right, exactly. I think my favorite thing is that like people have in like criticized um, in particular white liberals over the past few months about just getting like wrapped up in the spirit of a protest without really following the or excuse me, getting up caught up in like with following in it with uh, action in right. the voting booth or whatever. We had eleven percent voting in our last congressional like you know preliminary race. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, and then also just like being there for you know the ones that it's easy to be there for, but not being there for like the Black Lives Matter protests right, and things right. of that nature. And it's like this one even more indi- like this is the next level of that where it's like protests are cool, just like in general, not for anything specifically, but like protests, yeah, man. Right. Right, yeah, just pro. That's the thing, right? That's yeah. what kids are into. Kids love protests. <laughs> and then, like, walking, she walks up to uh, a supermodel, male supermodel, in a police outfit. <laughs> no guns, no, like, riot gear or anything. Hands him a Pepsi, and everybody cheers. That was the craziest thing. Like what? Like I can't. I I can't even speak coherently on this. Is how is how like it's just the best thing I've ever seen. Because the Pepsi has solved whatever the problem was, whatever the non-specific problem was. How many people? Because I mean, this was clearly an expensive. Like they must have had a whole ad campaign. Oh, completely. This. Yeah. And how did this like this well, generic thing get slipped through know, the cracks? Having written like for years on commercials, sure. like. The goal, what you're trying to do is say how your product can solve life's problems. Mm. You know, it's like you show people like on the go eating Subway because it gets you through your day faster. You show people, you know, using their their third row of seats in the car because then then you bring the the, the, your friend's kids home. Um, And so you're and becomes more abstract as you go along like right. you you know you see happy people like dancing for and they for a car insurance company company and it's like right. oh i have the security of car insurance so i can dance you know yeah i i guess i can see that but, but, like, it, but it, 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 i guess it gets abstracted and it, in your mind you're just like you're always trying to you're trying to say how far can i stretch this uh, how far can i say that chewing gum will make you more attractive, you know, Okay. Yeah. you know, twins or whatever, right. like, and, but, <laughs> but it, it doesn't, doesn't make it right. You know, well, I, yeah. I just understand the mindset a little bit. I, I, I can, I can see it now. Well, yeah. Cause when I looked at it, I was, the problem for me is like coming from, coming from where I come from with writing, whereas like, I don't understand what is trying to be conveyed by it because the, the message of the protest is so generic. So then it's just, protest is a good thing which is yeah what i was just saying where it's like it doesn't it doesn't cohere into like an actual idea right no exactly exactly i think it, it's it's a reflection of a very muddied reflection of what's going on that they just like buffed out with you know with mm-hmm. like magic markers to make it pretty because mm-hmm. it's all these gorgeous people like in this right. march and marching for nothing and then you know, it gets solved by a Pepsi. Like right. it's just the most absurd thing I've like. It was like a. It was literally an SNL sketch or like a Monty Python sketch or something. Oh my God. It was so it was so up there in absurdity and weirdness and like yeah. incoherence of what it's trying to communicate. And it was very great very, fodder for late night. It was great. Oh yeah, no, I mean that's the thing. Is like they literally like you can't lob that easy of a of a pitch over the like. Late night is so giant now. You can't just be like, here's the easiest thing in the world. It's a corporation that's your target. So nobody's really like 
going to get put down by it. Right. It was the easiest target in the world. Yeah. Um, and it, oh my God, I, I just, I loved it. It was great. I mean, but you know, there have been these tone deaf campaigns through the year. Sure. Like, um, what was that one for recently for, uh, there was a lotion about like saying white is pure or something like that. Oh you God, know? I didn't even and, know about that. And, but just like things that, you know, in a, in a room full of white men. Yeah. I, I mean, I shouldn't say that. In a room full of, of in a bubble agency people, right. these things make sense at the time. And you think like, oh, we're, gonna, we're capturing the zeitgeist of a generation. Yeah. And you go out there and you're like, are you? And, yeah. and oh, that's what Saturday Night Live had is the, they had the, the sketch where the guy, the ad um, executive uh, whose idea it was. He's like, everybody, like, let's give it to this guy for this great ad, you know, and mm-hmm. on the set. And then he's calling somebody and they're like, oh. And he's ex- explaining it to them and they're like, oh, you mean that's totally toned up? And then he calls like, <laughs> and he calls like his black neighbor and he's like, oh, I shouldn't do that. And then he like eventually like runs off the set or whatever it is. But it's, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I need to catch up with my SNL on behind, man. Yeah, I don't know if you do. <laughs> I mean, they were killing it for like a, a little while there. Like the David Pumpkins couple of weeks was like, they had like four weeks in a row where I was like, this is really good stuff. SNL's back. And then I kind of just fell off in the past couple of months again. Cause well, Darren Husted in Wolf Amsterdam, he says, we've spent 10 minutes talking about Pepsi. So it must've worked. Do you see us drinking Pepsi? Oh. I mean, we've, we've also talked about United airlines. Do, do, uh, does that make mean that's good? I mean, I okay, so well, going going back to the Bill O'Reilly thing too. It's like it's this idea that no press is bad press or whatever. And I mean, I guess maybe that has some. I could see maybe there being an argument for that because the world is so whatever. But I will also say that like if you're trying to like make a brand image, uh, it, what I'll say is this: what they were attempting to do was make a brand image of like we are the voice, of, we're the the soda of this generation, right? Because I mean, I don't really know anything about the soda wars or whatever, but it seems like you they're don't. No, I know. It's, uh, but it seems like they're losing to Coke on like every front, right? Like the only time I've ever had been around anyone who drinks Pepsi is when it's like the only thing available, like kind of Taco Bell or something yeah. like that. Yeah, uh, I to Darren's point. Um, I don't think talking about it is necessarily uh, the. I don't think that is a good thing necessarily. Um, so, United they had a, an incident on Sunday where uh, they um, had a full flight, mm. and they offered they needed extra seats, and they asked um, people to volunteer, offering them four hundred dollars. To, to use it, take uh, to replace their seat, and nobody took them up on the offer. So they offered them eight hundred dollars. Nobody took them up on the offer. Which to me says you you wait them out. Like in the future, now I know United Airlines is going to offer me twice as much oh, money. But somebody's going to be like, "I'll take it." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, no, 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 everybody, let's all do this together. <laughs> nope, I'll do it. God damn it, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then. Uh, at eight hundred dollars, nobody took them up on the offer, mm. and then they said that they said we're going to pick four random people, and we're we're going to give you the, an eight hundred dollar voucher. And so one passenger said, uh, "Who was picked?" He said, "I'm I'm a doctor. I have to go see patients in the morning. I don't. I mean, it doesn't matter what what reason he had, but he said I don't want to do it." Right. And they, though I will say, like 
pretty good reason. Sure. Of, of like, to, why to be at a place that's oh, like, yeah. well, people might die. Right, right. No, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And uh, he was, um, he refused to get off. And then finally they brought in uh, agents, security agents who pulled him off. He ended up bloodied, with a bloody face and was dragged out of the plane. Um, and, and the United CEO said that he became belligerent and argumentative. I mean, I would too, if you told me to get out of my fucking seat after I paid for it. Well, and then also like, the thing is that if a, I, okay, as a person that has throughout his professional life worked in customer service, at no point have I had the option of like, oh, this person's being mean. I should beat them. Like that's a crazy. That's not even remotely the solution in that situation. Right, right. And uh, it turns out that it, it, the flight was not overbooked. It was a full flight, and so if they had overbooked it, you would say, you know what, fuck you, uh, United, like for overbooking. But they had crew members that needed to get to Chicago or Louisville. I, it was Louisville, Chicago. I think that was the the flight yeah um to to crew another sh- uh, another flight mm. and if those people didn't if those crew members didn't get there the flight would be canceled well <laughs> sorry i guess i mean that's i mean i guess you're dis- you're you're inconveniencing a whole plane versus of people versus one person a plane full of people versus one person but still like that's your fault I, I, that's the thing is like the it, the people at fault here were the people that were being dragged off of a plane and beaten. Like, right. He was just an, yes. And it was clearly a bad situation. Like no one is sitting here arguing that United wasn't a good situation, but the situation, but the solution should not have been violently dragging a dude off of a plane rather than, I don't know, anything else. There's anything else. You know, technically they can go up to $1,200. Um, and oh, they didn't even know, <laughs> even go up to know, the max. Yeah, wow. And they didn't go up there. And also, they they it, it's it's an unfortunate situation. But they did not apologize to the guy, the United CEO. He said like he he was the passenger was disruptive and belligerent. No, you guys were disruptive. Right. Like you disrupted his chill. Like he was fine, you know, enjoying a cocktail, whatever, and um. And then, and there, there are definitely better ways to handle it. Right. And I think that's what, what I'm, I think globally, I'm just thinking like corporations or, or I don't know, everybody just needs to know how to deal with shit and yeah. in a mature, like humane way. And whether it's selling Pepsi or, or dealing with um, a sexual predator on your staff or dealing with missing seats on a plane. Right. No, absolutely. Well, yeah, this, and the other side of it, I saw a really good series of tweets where it's like a lot of people are responding to this by being like, well, you know, they told him to get off the plane and you wouldn't listen. It's like, how is the onus on him to just do whatever people are telling him to do? Like, right, this, right. And you know, technically it's United's plane. And I'm sure, you know, when he clicked the accept and OK button when he bought his ticket, there was a whole bunch of like tiny print that said, like, we have the right to remove you for whatever reason we want. Right. But that doesn't make it okay. They might legally have the right to do whatever they did, but that's going to bite them in the ass with a whopping drop of 
4% in the stock market for today, and then it's going to be fine tomorrow. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I at least hope that this dude, I mean, I, and I've never been one to cheer for lawsuits, but I hope that this dude gets a pretty no, nice little there is a reason. Change. There is a reason for litigation. There's right. a, and it's for stuff, shit like this. And, it's, and corporations have to be held accountable. And it just makes me think about Neil Gorsuch being in the <laughs> Supreme Court, who's a clearly pro-business, anti-individual uh, justice. So anyway, that's a different story. We won't get into that. But I did want to talk about um, this gets me into uh, Ghost in the Shell. Now, are you familiar with Ghost in the Shell, the the franchise? I am. I am generally familiar. I'm. I think other people are more into. The Were you ever in anime at all? Into I, anime? A little bit here and there. I've never been one of those people that I don't have like a Crunchyroll subscription or anything. So I'm not as uh, up on all of the, especially like the more modern stuff. I'm not as up on. But you know, like there's there's the classics that I think we've all seen. I think I think I'm generally up on those. I've seen Ghost in the Shell, the, the 1995 yeah, one, the original one, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah, right? yeah, and it was pretty prescient um, about See, lots of cool tech and and yeah, it's a dope fucking movie. Yeah, <laughs> and it's also it gets into sort of these the whole identity thing and about like when how much machine are mm-hmm. you, like where's your humanity when you've lost so much machine, which makes me think of Cyborg. Do you do you read comic books at all? Uh, Teen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Teen Titans, Cyborg. You know. You, mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. I'm eating a drink. No, that's no, okay. No, no, tell me what you think about Cyborg. <laughs> Cyborg's really... <laughs> Mickey, I'm asking a question. It's a one-on-one conversation. Come you're on. right, you're right. No, 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 eat as much as you want. I'm just kidding. Um, but he... They never... I don't know. Do they ever get into the fact that he doesn't have a penis in the in the comic book? I'd be surprised if they did. They might have actually... Now that I think about it. In the yeah, just like, hey, <laughs> hey, Cyborg's dad, I came up with a cool little invention for right. your, your... There's definitely porn of it on the internet, if I had to guess. If uh, no, if you guys I, could tweet uh, oh, no, it'll penises be a, at Marty, I, I, that would I, be great. No, 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 don't, how dare you? How dare you? Uh, I guarantee you, uh, Darren will find it and put it on the Tumblr. Um, Good like, luck, Darren. Yeah, cy- I cyborg. believe in you. But... Um, so the original one was a Japanese film, um, or it was, a, I guess, a, a manga first. Um, yeah. I've never read the manga, I should state. Yeah, I have not either. Um, but the, it was turned into an anime in the mid-90s, and then it was remade by the guy, uh, by Paramount, I guess. Um, and the big controversy was that they recast, and we've I, because I'm the... the Unemployed Asian actor. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, um, it was a big scandal because Scarlett Johansson was cast as uh, the as major, whereas in the original comic book or the original um, movie, she was uh, a um, a Japanese character. Right, and they they didn't really defend it. Oh no, here's how they defended it. They said that originally she was. Japanese, but then when they put her brain with all this machinery, it didn't matter what race she was. She no longer had a race. Which is worse. Like, they made it worse. (laughs) Go on, go on. No, it's because it's like, they, well, I, it's, sorry. No. I'm all jelly beaned up over here. No, no, go, go. But the, uh, no, because they took, they literally were like, well, she's an Asian character, but she's just really like a white chick because we want to get ScarJo up there, which is 
crazy to me. Right. I've said crazy so many times. I feel like I should apologize for it, you guys. I've been. I'm trying to get better about that because I know crazy not not super cool. Um, as a person with mental illness issues of my own, I'm going to try to stop for re- for the rest of this episode. I'm really caffeined up today. Nutso. <laughs> I don't know if that's better. Oh, wacko. Uh, but wacko, you're just referring to the character from the Animaniacs, of course. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, Matoko Kusanagi. Kusanagi was the character, I guess, um, in the original one. And yeah, so they did it purely... Like, they wrote around the casting, as opposed to, like, you know, there was a studio saying, we could never, we cannot finance a $100 million movie uh, without ScarJo there, you know, because she did so great in that other stupid movie she was in, where she was, uh, her brain was going crazy. What was that? Oh, the, the, when she becomes a flash drive. Oh, wait, spoiler. Yeah, yeah, when she becomes a flash drive. Which is pretty cool, actually. I really like that she becomes a flash drive. <laughs> Lucy. Lucy, that's what it was called. It's like one of, the, like, that's Luc Besson at his best mm. slash worst. Like, it's most Luc Besson, at least. Yes, it is. It's one of the most insane movies, and it's terrible. Um, the movie starts with, it intercuts with wildlife, just like, because she's like she's going into the mouth of the beast, and so it shows like a leopard leaping on a gazelle or something. I don't know if it's a leopard, whatever big jungle cat. Sure, it is. a leopard. <laughs> um, yeah. In terms of movies with Scarlett Johansson in them, that one's probably up there in terms of way too much happening. <laughs> yeah, but um, but the Ghost in the Shell, you know, they they cast a white woman in the Japanese role, and. They kept it in Tokyo, or no, in some Asiatic city for right. whatever reason. And you know, if you're if you want to cast her in it, just cast it in modern day LA, or futuristic LA, futuristic American city. Like, there's no reason that you should need to do that if you want it to be exotic and have it take place in an Asiatic uh, nation. Then you probably should have an Asiatic cast. And, you know, they did, there's, you know, Beat Takeshi is in it, who's um, a great actor and um, and uh, plays a villain in it. But, like, for everything else, everyone else in it, all the main characters are all white. Right. Juliette Binoche, Michael Pitt, um, you know, uh, whatever, Pilu Asbaic, I don't know. <laughs> but it's it just is incredibly... Tone deaf, and yeah. um, that's the theme of the show is about is about tone deafness. Well, that's been the theme of the past few weeks, really. Like that's that's not necessarily our fault. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it is true, and and I think that um, the fact that I think that its failure at the box office has a lot to do with the casting. Right. I mean, don't you think that you know you look at a movie that's doing better, Get Out. I mean, obviously they're different movies, but it just nobody's going to see Get Out because it's got you know Allison Williams in it. Yeah. Well, I think additionally the um, uh, sorry, I got distracted there. Bye, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Anyway, uh, additionally the um, I don't remember my point, but it was probably going to be real good. Oh, I'm it was sure. It's going to be like a great point about just the nature <laughs> of racism and casting. And uh, in in movie selection and things like that, deciding what gets made. I think that it comes, like, more than anything, you need a good story. And uh, apparently, um, the story in 
they they sort of watered down a lot of the cool sort of introspective elements. I have not seen the movie, so it's not fair fair for me to judge, but that's what we do in this podcast. It's right. Judge without knowledge. It's right. Prejudge. Prejudge. Yes. (laughs) We are the law. Um, (laughs) And, uh, and, like yeah, it did not have the story it needed, and mm-hmm. and if if it had the story and if it didn't have the star, it probably would have done well. And I think I mean it really does just obviously come from. I think the other thing that's so frustrating about it for me at least is that it obviously comes from a marketing standpoint that is dumb and still exists everywhere in, in terms of the entertainment industry. And I just wish that we had a entertainment industry that existed where we would market stories like you're saying rather than being like well we're not really sure how to get the, get this thing off the ground so let's just put a name in it which obviously doesn't work anymore i mean 90% of the conversations i hear about actors anymore is that the star system is dying mm-hmm. so now it's like character actors that are becoming big household names as opposed to uh, your Ryan Goslings and your Emma Stones of the world well i i don't necessarily know if that is completely true, even though I did just cite Get Out as a no, as no. an example. But I think a, there, but story is I think most important, and um, and but also I th- also think Ghost in the Shell. Uh, it didn't attract me because I don't like futuristic movies where everything looks like it was just came out of the plastic fabrication factory, mm-hmm. you know, and everything's shiny and molded and white. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just—I got that sense out of it just from the trailer. If I'm wrong, please let me know, and um, and I will not read your tweet on the air. Um, and <laughs> but he'll know. Deep I'll down. know deep down. Yeah, that <laughs> I am still right. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm right. Uh, but I yeah, and also so anyhow, Ghost in the Shell is not doing well uh, in this country. But interestingly, it's doing well in Asia. Oh, <laughs> and I feel like every. It's, Every time there's like an action movie that's because Warcraft did the same thing where it like failed over here, but it killed in China and like a couple of other movie like action movies that I can think of recently did the same thing where it was like did whatever in in the states, but when it got uh, over to like China the Chinese markets and stuff like that, it was like killing it. Yeah, because Chinese people don't have good taste in movies. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I'd say. That. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's uh, well, no, I shouldn't say that. But there, but there is an interesting distinction in. Um, in a cultural tone of movies. Yeah. So if you look at him, um, I don't know if you've seen any Stephen Chow movies, but he's like a, one of the biggest, go for it. He's one of the biggest box office. I'm going to move the jelly beans. All right. I'm sorry. Uh, he's one of the biggest box office stars in, in, uh, in, China, in Hong Kong and China. And his movies are so slapsticky and silly Oh yes, I've I've actually I've heard of him. Yeah, like Shaolin Soccer and, right. and stuff like that. Oh and, yeah, I've seen Shaolin Soccer. Yeah, I think about and it. he's you know he's a great director and he he does there is sophistication in his work, but there's also especially his earlier stuff is very very silly and doesn't play here, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, but over there he's a big star. So uh, I I it it is interesting just no noticing those differences and and maybe Ghost in the Shell plays really well therefore. Um, in, in Asia and Japan for a reason. Um, that like an aesthetic reason as opposed to... As opposed to they're less worried about racist casting. <laughs> I mean, sure, yeah. I mean, I read one quote. There was a Japanese moviegoer who was like, oh, if they had cast an Asian person in it, they probably wouldn't have been Japanese, so it would have felt fake. 
Ah, and that's very true. Yeah, they would have cast an Asian American, which yeah. would have made it feel fake. Um, Darren pointed out that the movie takes place in Hong Kong, so Beat Takeshi speaking Japanese made even less sense. But um, uh, having not seen the movie, I can't. Oh, and actually, honestly, I wouldn't have. I don't know if I have the ear to be able to tell if. Uh, like the difference between different Asian languages. I'm, oh. not, I'm not good at that. Well, that's because you're from the swamp. That's because I'm from the swamp. The I can't tell the difference between like most languages, let's be honest. I can't tell the difference between an Acadian accent and a Bayou accent, an Acadian yeah. accent. That's right. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be telling you. I'd be like, Come on. <laughs> no, but, um. Um, yeah, so Darren tweets, the star system is dead. Franches are, are the star now. Watches uh, um, Fate of the Furious makes a billion dollars. I was weird. Like I was driving by and I saw the poster and I was like, "Is that Charlize Theron? Why is she in that?" Um, she gotta, she gotta get that money. She's gotta go make Monster Two or whatever. Monster Two. Well, she's. It turns out she's been in a lot of car car movies. Yeah, she's in Mad Max, she's which is on my hat. Fury Road, Mad Max Fury Road, right. full full title. Full title. Excuse me. Uh, um, Didn't want people to think I was talking about the nineteen seventies Mel Gibson. Seventy nine, right? Yeah. yeah, she was played the child who gets run over. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh. um, you just see the the tumbling shoe. Um, and she was in The Italian Job, which had oh, some yeah. great driving scenes. That movie's awesome. I love that movie. That movie's and fucking it's, cool. It's not the best movie, but in terms of a a star-filled heist movie. Mm. It's like one of the few movies I've liked uh, Edward Norton in. And uh, you try, I'm chewing a dog. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. Uh, so anyways, yeah, Edward Norton, he's great, right? I mean, bad, I guess. I like Edward Norton now that I think about it. I've never been... I know people are kind of like Edward Norton had like a lot of potential at the beginning of his career that never really paid off and things like Fight Club or whatever. But I've, I've always kind of dug Edward Norton and everything I've ever seen him in. I liked him in The Incredible Hulk. Oh, yeah. I like that movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm into The Incredible Hall. Louis Leterrier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Bearded Baca said, if they wanted to justify ScarJo's casting, make uh, make the American ghost in the shell. Don't write around the issue. I totally agree. Or, yeah. or make it... Like... I mean, I go back to Blade Runner. Blade Runner, a movie where that future does not look glossy and polished. It's mm. like got some grime, a lot of grime in it, and it feels like... Uh, it's a lived-in future. That's right. that's the term. I yeah, think. it's yeah. a lived-in future. Um, I think Looper has a little bit of that, even though it's not yeah. as far flung in the future. Um, the what's his name? The guy that made uh, District Nine, that other movie mm-hmm. he made with the robot, Neil Blumenkamp, right? Whatever. The yeah. the the robot that that could love. What was that movie called? <laughs> or the robot that could read? I think it's it was originally called the robot. The, the robot that could love. <laughs> that that could would love. have been a great name for that movie. Yeah. Um, he he does a really good job as far as like aesthetic set design and everything with making it look like this is just like crappy stuff. Yeah, I mean District Nine is great. I mm-hmm. love that movie. Yeah, that, but I was not. I did not love Elysium. Oh, um, Elysium. That was no. That's not the one I'm thinking. No, of. you're thinking of Chappie. I'm Chappie. Oh, that's because he says Chappie book. <laughs> You're the only one who's ever seen the movie. So <laughs> I saw you could say he says whatever, and I he's, believe, oh, yeah, okay. No, there's That's a part it. where he's like, he gets a book from Die Antwerp, the, uh-huh. the South African rap duo, who are in who, the movie. Who I'm sure, and playing themselves, right? Playing themselves. And, and badly, I Playing hear. themselves, but like trashier. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's even possible. It's amazing. Uh, actually, so you guys watch Chappie. Don't watch Ghost in the Shell. Rent Chappie <laughs> on Amazon. <laughs> Uh, check it out. Chappie's very good. Chappie says, Chappie book? <laughs> she gives him a book. Diane Werp 
gives Chappie a book, and Chappie says, Chappie book? Chappie got stories? And it's great. Wow, so they got... Uh they got Ahmed Best to voice Chappie. <laughs> Ahmed Best, the voice of uh, Jar Jar Binks. Oh, yeah. I didn't know what you were going for there. I had no. To say you, had to, you had to bring me around. But yeah, yeah exactly. It was Jar- Chappie was the Jar Jar Binks of Neil Blomkamp's oeuvre. For, for the record, I'm friends with Ahmed. He's the nicest guy in the world. Oh. Incredibly talented and just also very handsome. Um, and Which is why I got into voice work. Of course, why I got into voice work exactly. No, and sorry. he's a musician as well. Um, and I, yeah. So I'm very happy whenever I see him in things, which is not that often, uh, not often enough. Um, but yeah. So I'm not. I don't know if I should. I'm not going to go see Ghost in the Show. But I, I think that the pro the the backlash worked against it. So I feel like uh, my overall theme is that. Like we, that the, for all the shitty things that social media brings out and in terms of circulating fake news and, um, and just bullying people, cyber bullying and all that stuff, like it does give protests a voice. And so there was enough pressure put on advertisers that over 60 of them pulled out of Bill O'Reilly's ad pool that people didn't see Ghost in the Shell and that people uh, shamed or, or ridiculed Pepsi into pulling that ad. And, right. you know, nobody was actually calling on them. I didn't see anybody say, pull that ad. I'm outraged at they it. They were just like, this, this <laughs> is too embarrassing, you guys. <laughs> you got, yeah. Let, let, <laughs> let me do you a favor here. Uh, and then people aren't watching Iron Fist for all its whitewashing. And, mm. well, also I hear that's not a very good show. Yeah, I think... Iron Fist, I might have watched if it had been, cause just because I'm sort of into the, because it is, in, to Darren's point, a franchise that I sort of care about. But because I heard it was kind of crappy, I was like, I'm not going to sit for 13 hours through a crappy TV show. Um, yeah. So, um, hold on just a second. Yeah. So, Chris, oh, well, we, I want to hear from Chris Miller. So, we're going um, to, he's been trying to, to contact us um, Listener Chris Miller, who, by the way, was there was a Chris Miller called a shithead on this uh, today's um, Doug Loves Movies. I'm sure it's not the same Chris Miller. Mm. It couldn't be. Our Chris Miller is not a shithead. Right. Um, but uh, so have you been watching 13 Reasons Why? No, I've I've. That's one that's on my list of things. There's like a million on that list, but it is on there. Uh-huh. Uh, I. It's about suicide, right? It's um, about like a suicide? Yeah. It, have you played this game? It's called Life is, Life is Strange, I think it's called. Um, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of a weird video game. Um, and it's like an episodic graphic like adventure game where you, it's like a... You, very old school you go into rooms and you you're trying to find out what happened to this uh girl and this movie uh, this show is is very very similar in tone mm. um if anybody's played life is strange let us know um what you thought of it yeah uh, sorry I'm, I'm missing all of your reference points here man no no it's it's cool because um that's like for emo girls, and I wouldn't expect you to know. I'm, I'm a glorified large emo girl. Like, what are you going to do? Fuzzy. Right, yeah, fuzzy large emo one. girl. Um, and 
uh, it, it's pretty good. It's a little, I think I would like it if I were 16. I'd be like, that's me. Why don't yeah. they? Um, the show. And I, my sister ended up directing, ended up directing. She directed, uh, I think, the, the last two episodes. Oh, or, fantastic. Yeah. And her. a friend of mine is an editor on it. And uh, some of the acting's a little, um, I'm not a huge fan of, but uh, mm-hmm. the story is pretty compelling. And uh, even like the, it's 13 reasons why, because there's a box of tapes of this girl that uh, she narrates mm. um, her own suicide. Is each episode like based around one of the tapes, or is it... Is it um, of, yeah. yeah, I think so. Sorry. But I have not... Um, oh, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think it's stupid. I think that like, if I had a box of 13 tapes, I, just, I would binge listen to all of them. <laughs> um, let me see if this is working. Chris, are you there? Hey, Marty. What's going on? Long time hey, no uh, here. Sorry, I didn't mean to just jump into the middle of the show. Uh. <laughs> and yet you did because you physically called us. So you did mean to. There was intention behind it. Right. And we welcome it. Hey, who's we today? Uh, it's, it's Mickey and me. Hey, so. Chris. How's it going, man? Hi, uh, Mickey. It's the first time we've really interacted. Yeah, man. Nice to meet you. Uh, so uh, how, where are you these days? Uh, these days, I'm still currently in San Diego. Um, I'm actually wrapping things up here. Oh. Uh, I'm entering my final few months of residency. Oh, fantastic. And to what is your next step? Um, Los Angeles, uh, funny enough. Oh, that's, uh, that's awesome. I think, you know, Mickey has been here uh, for what? A little over a year now, just about 13 months, actually. So he might have some insights for making that transition. Yeah, you got to just... Find a roommate that won't actually bail out on you as soon as you get out here and uh, find a job. So those are my two. That's, that's really all my advice for you, Chris. Find a place to live and a job and you should be good. That's, I think, good life, life lessons. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. yeah. <laughs> I did, uh, did want to say thank you to uh, Marty and Peter WG. Um, if you'll recall, a few weeks ago, uh, Peter kind of wrote in uh, on my behalf and asked for some well wishes. Um, and about a month ago, I, for the first time in about six years, I kind of lost to my depression. Um, it was just sort of a bad time. I think within the span of three days, I lost my job. Uh, my cousin got murdered, and I dealt with some personal heartache. And it was just a really rough going. And um, it was a little embarrassing, but I did kind of... I was sort of on the floor of my bathroom at two in the morning and just red eyes and a heavy heart and I bugged Peter. And I'm really sorry, Peter, because he was in the middle of a vacation with his lady. And <laughs> the last thing you want to get is your friend being all mopey and depressed. But that's that's what why we have friends for those moments. And, yeah. uh, and that is those are three things that nobody should have to go through, let alone at the same time. Right. And uh and you were there, you know, you, you experienced it. And like, that is, I don't know how, how you do that uh, any other way than relying on those, the, the, the social network that you have around you. Yeah. And it, I, I mean, I deeply appreciate it. And, um, I wasn't expecting it at all for, for Peter to write in about it. And Marty, you were more than kind and you really made me feel, you know, appreciated and a part of this show and a part of the community. And, it was a very beautiful thing, and I think almost immediately people kind of recognized that I was not myself, and uh, just sort of came and rallied around me. And I'm 
more grateful than words can express. Uh, well, I'm glad that uh, you you weathered that that horrible storm and and that you're you're taking steps uh, to do something. And I think that that also requires a lot of a lot of strength and and you have you know uh, your friends to to help you through that too because that's a whole whole different set of of uh, strength like you know when Mickey came out here he lost his his room <laughs> and, and like he had a friend who helped him out yeah no, the, I, I was going to say the um you know obviously Chris I've never been exactly where you, you were in that moment but I think the uh I, the first time I had a panic attack I reached out to uh, friend of the show, uh, Stephen or the Midge. The Midge. No, yeah. how dare you? I'm He's sorry, the Midge. The Midge. I, I, I don't know if it was a serious story. Should I call him by his actual name? <laughs> he or? doesn't have an actual name. His You're actual right. name is the Midge. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. The Midge. I reached out to the Midge. Uh, he had to lean into the phone. Uh, he had to dance around the phone in order to answer it. I don't know what I was going for there. <laughs> but um, but you know, yeah. Uh, uh, he he was there for me in that moment, and I I think I will never forget the. The fact that he I mean, he literally like came and like picked me up and we went to the hospital because I didn't know what was happening, so it was like a whole thing. So yeah, I, I definitely can can vouch for friends are, are invaluable in a in a time like what you were experiencing. Yeah, I mean whether they're there physically for you or just you know on the phone, that's it's a great uh, resource to have. And and you know we're I, we here on the show we did uh, we just we we're, we're here for you, but you know I, I think having Peter there is. Really, really valuable, and he's he's an amazing guy. Have you have you guys hung out in person? Um, you know, it's funny. We keep trying to arrange it, and it's always the smallest thing with our schedules. Um, Peter really works really hard a lot of the time, and he's in LA. So every time I try to get out there, something will go wrong. And <laughs> in fact, I think it was last weekend we were both trying to get tickets to a Japanese wrestling show that's coming to LA. And neither of us was able to get him. Oh, no. um, that's well. Then you could have hung outside together, but uh, <laughs> go hang out and stand by. Yeah. Uh, no, but Peter's a great guy. We love him here on the show, and um, and I he he's one of those guys. I just think like you know what I would want. Like he would be the the house that I would want to pass out in, and I would know that I would wake up with no penises drawn on my forehead and a blanket on me, you know. Uh, he's actually, You'd leave no worse than when you walked in. Right, he'd be making me breakfast. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. Um, so, do you have a game plan for when you come up uh, to, to Los Angeles? Oh, Chris? Oh, don't. Did we lose him? Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm experiencing. Um, oh, there we go. Hey, are you there? There now. Still uh, see you, Marty. Oh, there we go. Okay. Um, do you have a game plan for when you come up? Uh, yeah, actually, um, sort of when everything was kind of happening, um, I, I realized uh, my contract officially ended with my previous employer, and that includes my no. Um, no competition clause, no, you know, that kind of a thing. And I'm sure you have that with Google or something. You can't just go work for another tech company. Um, and in that moment, I was like, well, you know, I can keep working retail and it's awful. Or I can do the last thing that sort of made me really happy. And that was just being in the video games industry. 
Mm-hmm. And if you look at just the amount of studios in Los Angeles versus the amount of studios in San Diego is laughable. Right. So um, I'm going to kind of return to that. Uh-huh. Um, there's, uh, there's a number of studios, including, I think you'd know Blizzard, right? Sure, oh, yeah. sure, yeah. Blizzard Heroes of the Storm, you know, World of Warcraft, that thing. And most recently, Overwatch. Um, they are sort of the big gun that I'm aiming for. Um, Very cool. Yeah. And then... Yeah. Along the planning, because it's not, you know, there's never a perfect time to do anything like this. There's no, oh, suddenly I have $10,000 just lying around to move. Right. But um, I do have enough saved up. I've got a realistic goal. And then sort of somewhere along the line, two friends of mine were like, well, we kind of want to go out there too. So if you can get out there first, you know, I said, you know, I'll stay in a hotel for a little while and then we can you know, come out. We'll pick a place. We'll go from there. Yeah, I think there's got to be something better than a hotel to stay at. Isn't that that seems expensive? I'm sure there's a there's a couch or something available for for the crashing on. That's yeah. what I did my first week out here. Or or I mean, there's also hostels. Hostels are, I Cheaper. mean, I don't know if you're into living with other people, but that's what I did for three months, and it saved me some money. Yeah. In terms of living situations. Yeah. But um, but anyhow, that's great that you have a a, a plan, and we're oh, all yeah, pulling man. for you, and. Um, uh, have you played the new Mass Effect? Uh, yes, I just beat it the other day. Oh, and how was it satisfying with all the shitty animation and everything? Um, you know what? My copy was not that bad. There were occasional glitches that were really funny. Um, the T-Pose glitch just kept happening. But um, overall, it's, it's a great game. If you love Mass Effect, you'll love this. I feel like this time around there was more sort of frivolity to it. I feel like this time it was less Star Trek Next Generations, a little more Firefly. Oh, that's um, that's more my jam. I'd like it, it's honestly a lot of fun, and I feel like that was sort of the objective this time around. And maybe the villain kind of suffers for it, the plot kind of suffers for it, but overall, the interactions are fun. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, well, if you when you come up here, um, you'll have to like drop in on us uh, here at the. What do we, the lair of yeah. sorts, and, <laughs> and maybe you can help me figure the out how shrine, to... The shrine, the podcast how, shrine. How, you can teach me how things work. But, oh, definitely uh, that, and we got to show you Prey, because that is the only game with a guy named M.U. Oh, right. Oh, oh. shit, yeah. Every time I see it, I'm just like, how has Marty not pre-ordered this game yet? I know, oh, I know. That's fantastic, I didn't even thought about that. Yeah, but, but you can also play him as a woman, right? Isn't that right? Uh, I'm not sure on that one. I have been following it super closely. I just get a giggle every time I see oh. M.U. Um, but it's probably Manfred you. Manfred. I think it's something like Martin. Oh, Oh, there you go. Perfect. I can't quite, it might be Matthew, it might be Martin, but it is, it is really cool to see an Asian character, M.U. as a protagonist. Yeah, it is. Morgan is his name. Speaking of just real quick, just a sequitur, Marty, are you aware of uh, the little Marvel controversy from a couple of weeks ago? Uh, no, I'm not. Well, there's been two sort of incidents in as many weeks, and one was essentially the vice president of Marvel Sales sort of threw diversity under the bus, and he said that the reason Marvel is sort of struggling right now is because they've tried to be inclusive. I do remember that. Yes, I did see that that headline. Yeah, go on. Uh, just kind of doing a little reporting on it. I think, personally, A, that's a lot of crap. Um, anybody can tell you that. He said, I mean, honestly, there's hard numbers. And I don't have a graph on me right now because I just woke up. But um, that's, that's kind of crap. But more than the point, I think even if it were true, I think it's a good idea to not say stupid things like that. <laughs> Simply because, I mean, Camilla Khan, like how many little girls of Middle Eastern descent 
have no real role model to look up to. And then Camilla Khan came around. Yeah. And how many little black kids in Harlem or, you know, Bed-Stuy didn't have a ton of superheroes they could relate to. And then you got Miles Morales. Right. I think it's important to think about not just the sales figures, but the legacy you're leaving behind. Because, I mean, let's be honest. If you look at Marvel's history, they have a great history of screwing themselves. Right. That was the point it's I was going to make, which is like, comic, how often has the comic books industry been correct about how to sell their own product? Like, if you go back to the 90s, they crashed their own market that they were in control over with their own bullshit. And now it's like the crossover series is the big problem of the day. And that they're just turning to the the thing that's most in vogue, I guess, in the news to blame it on, which is obviously bullshit. Well, it, it's it's so defeating too, especially because to blame anything, and like you said, the crossover is the big sort of they have to do it at least once a year now. Right. And then you have books like Charles Soleil's She Hulk, which is like hilarious, and it's sort of got tones of Boston Legal and Ally McBeal, and it got swept under the rug, and they don't promote that. Right. Yeah, I think that uh, it's a huge market, and and um, but as we were discussing earlier, it's it's not about the casting, it's about the storytelling and like the best comic books I've been reading have not been about like the race of the character, you know, it's just been about the the great storytelling. And I I think if you have diversity for diversity's sake uh, and you don't have a good story, then, then yeah, that's a problem. But also if you look at your, your roster of, of, uh, heroes and they're all white male then that's another problem you yeah. know so you no know, because i mean it goes back to our point with the ghost in the shell thing which is if you think that diversity means just put an asian person in there then you don't know what the problem is <laughs> right 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 if, <laughs> look at that we had a lab guy who was asian yeah, you know exactly. and i was like oh it's great <laughs> um now growing up as a person of color did you have a, any comic book role hero role models um, you know, it, it, it sounds almost counterintuitive, but race, I mean, it, race was never a huge deal for me growing up. Um, at least not in comic books, because I feel like Batman always sort of transcended race and Superman sort of did the same thing. Um, but that said, I did grow up in a Hispanic community where I had luchadors sort to look up to. <laughs> so I never lacked for it. Like Ray Mysterio awesome. in San Diego is he it, like he's almost a god among men where he can walk into any place and he's instantly got free drinks. Everybody wants to see him. They, they surround him like crazies. Very cool. That's um, awesome. It's, it's, it's pretty magnificent. So I never lacked for sort of Hispanic superheroes in as much as I had luchadors and villains. Um, <laughs> but I, I'd be lying if I said that it wasn't cool. I like Diego Luna being the ghost Rider is still something I am immensely proud of because it's like, holy crap, this iconic character is played by somebody that looks like he could be my cousin or, you know, y- you got slowly, but surely they're sort of doing like the green lantern is now two Hispanic twins. And I, I get what you're saying. Like, let's not just, Oh, this character is Brown. Now I, I, I understand that a hundred percent, but it is nice to see, the little changes made yeah, to and, be a little more inclusive and, and representative too. No, yeah. yeah, that's absolutely. That was my point. Wasn't necessarily. He's that, talking about my point. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. I thought he was. No, <laughs> no. Um, and then I guess the other big Marvel story was with the X Men cover having secret anti, uh, was it anti sort of anti Jewish messaging in it? 
I saw that, but I didn't, I'm not well-versed enough, and I didn't do enough research to really know what the situation totally was. So if you so what it was is that the artist had snuck in the secret, because apparently there are, you know, like with any Bible, the King James, the New, the Old Testament, there are different interpretations of the Quran, right. and this guy subscribed to a, a Quran that I guess was a little more uh, against other religions, uh, is the nicest way to put it. And he snuck in messages that were politically charged and in relation to some sort of election in the Middle East. And, you know, it snuck by Marvel because, let's be honest, Marvel wouldn't exactly know. Right. And someone online, several people online, started to go, hey, you know, these little messages were snuck in here. Are you guys aware of this? And the, the editorial staff at Marvel was furious. Wow. The guy's since been fired, his contract uh, annulled, and he's basically been blacklisted from the industry. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, he's an Indonesian um, uh, artist. Um, yes. That's funny. That, uh, see, that, that bothers me when you're using your, your medium for uh, some uh, ulterior motive. Oops. Ah, sorry. Ah. <laughs> Uh, but it does am- amuse me when you do it for like subversive uh, things like um, in Homeland, you know, they, we talked about this a while ago, but they, they have graffiti when they're going through like these uh, Arabic neighborhoods and um, they had these, these graffiti artists come in and write in Arabic mm-hmm. and they wrote, Homeland is a joke. Homeland is racist, <laughs> and and, and uh, to me that is a great um, that, that is funny. I I, I got to give like it to him there, but but um, but to, to it has nothing to do with the voice of X Men Gold, you know, uh, to put in like whatever uh, pro Muslim or any, any sort of like political right. uh, messaging in there, you know. Yeah. But um, well, Chris, it's great to hear from you. I'm so happy that you're you're doing. Uh, you're going to be coming up here. Well, you'll have to stop in and and uh, w- you know if we good luck getting a job. I wish I could help you out on that. I don't know anybody in the the video gaming world, but it sounds like you're pretty connected. Um, you know what? It's 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 weird. It's sort of once you're over the wall, everyone. It's it's. It's that episode of Seinfeld where you date the hot girl and suddenly all the other hot girls you're allowed into the kingdom. I don't know. Um, it is very much, oh, you've already been here. You kind of know what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, yeah, absolutely, Chris. It sounds like you've got a good head on your shoulders and, you know, you're keeping your stick on the ice and all that good stuff. So I've got, I've got all the confidence in the world. And all the Thank metaphors. So much, and all the metaphors. That's right, yeah. How many, uh, there was like three metaphors in that one thing. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> le- uh, keep us up to date with what's going on with you. And then, um, and then, yeah, please definitely call in. Keep us, keep us up to date. You, you are a man on the street. <laughs> I definitely will. I don't, I wanted to cover Comic-Con for you guys this year, but I'm not entirely sure I'll still be here around July. I hope not. I hope you're up here working your ass off. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, did we uh, lose him? I lost him again. All right, Chris. Uh, that I fucked up my sound card thing. Oh, jeez. But, um, but anyhow, great to hear from you, and um, we will hear from him soon, I'm sure. And uh, he's a, he's a nice fellow. Oh, he's a great guy. Yeah. yeah, and he would send us videos from Comic Con, and and oh, very cool. Yeah. Um, Chris, if you're still listening, uh, DM me your uh, Blizzard ta- gamer tag. We'll we'll, uh, we'll play some Overwatch or something sometime. Oh, really? Isn't there a new 
thing coming up for Overwatch? Uh, I'm not actually sure. I haven't played Overwatch in a minute, but I know that's that's the that's the big one that I. If you want to play Hots, we can play Hots. That's my main go-to these days. Uh, but yeah, Overwatch's Insurrection event is about to start. Oh, sick! Okay, then maybe I should be. I've probably got an email about it and just haven't looked at it. No, here's a game I've always see. It's nice that we can talk about games because nobody else plays games, and I don't really play that. I games, I don't right? either. So we're we're a perfect level of game. Do you have a PS4? Here. Yeah. Oh, uh, wait. Do I know the PS4? Do, do you I, have one? I do not actually. Oh. We have a PS3 and oh, a PS3. Wii U at my apartment. So, um, I want to play Persona Five. Oh my God, me too. And that's I've, on PS3 too. Oh, okay, cool. On, yeah. I, then I probably will. Did you play per, any of the other Personas? I've seen. So that's one of those, I have like a series of games in my head that I watch people play on the internet, but I never actually played, and the Personas are Nerk. among them. Yeah, no, it's great. It's a great thing. Actually, um, with Cassandra and Steven uh, out of the house for the for the weekend, I've gotten you to... just like get a whole thing of hand lotion tissues and yeah, watch people exactly. play Persona. Exactly. It's just been me and Persona. No, but I did, I watched uh, a couple of esports tournaments like on the TV with them gone. I was like, this is heaven. If only I lived on my own all the time time i could never come outside oh my god yeah it was great it was a good old time man um, uh, <laughs> what is eastport esports like oh uh, esports esports yeah. okay oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like um, they said eastport yeah eastports <laughs> no the um but anyways yeah the i'm i'm probably the other thing that the only other thing i've thought about getting a ps4 for was if kingdom hearts 3 ever comes out which apparently is never going to happen is what it seems like, but that's really like that's that's the only game franchise that I'm really really committed to. So these are these Japanese sort of are they what are they called? Are they like uh, like JRPG RPGs? Oh right? yeah, JRPGs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's what Persona is too. Right. Yeah, but yeah. it just looks really like in, like incredibly like dense no yeah absolutely no people people love those games and i i definitely have always it's been one that i've always meant to get more into uh, outside of just watching people play them on the internet but uh one you guys are playing so good it's be like wow look at this no it's fun though it's don't make fun of my don't don't yuck my yums marty oh i will i will jump on them and just jump on them um no but persona 5 i i even like i bought persona 3 um, and I didn't have an X or a, a PS2. Uh, uh-huh. I was trying to get a borrow one from Diane Ruggiero, <laughs> but she wouldn't give it to me. I'm uh-huh. like, you don't even play games. Give me your P-. So never got to play it. I thought I thought it was like a wishful, like manifesting a PS2 right. by putting right. it out I, in the universe. Uh, yeah, I just put put the disc under my pillow <laughs> and hope that the bites just sink into my head. Oh, man, if only. If only. Did we talk about how um, Tinder has a... a a special um, celebrity-only version. Like, if you're, like, really beautiful or wealthy or elite, you the, you qualify for something called Tinder Select. Oh, yeah, Tinder Select, I was going to say. That's that's actually what I'm on. I'm on the Tinder Select. I'm the selectiest of Tinders. What, what's it like? It's beautiful. We have nothing. We just all... It's beautiful sex all the time with each other, and that's it. Wow, that's and, awesome. And wealth. Beautiful sex and wealth, and buying like cocktails at like bars that are in skyscrapers what do what do rich people do i couldn't even keep this bit going (laughs) (laughs) i 
bars, you know. bars and skyscrapers <laughs> and and um, dinners and hot air balloons. They and, golf. Uh, and, um, uh, burning money and, and <laughs> we go on uh, boats and we just buy shoes. <laughs> Tap dancing and and um, on uh, bubble wrap isn't that uh, what rich people do? Uh, Malibu, uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now it, they've been keeping it secret, and um, well, of course they didn't want to let the pores in. Yeah, the platform was yeah the regos, yeah, uh, the normos, I guess. They, right, right, right. Yeah, cele- celebrities and people who do really well on Tinder qualify. Uh, how do you I've, feel about that? I've always been so intrigued i want to know everybody's tinder score ever not because it's like a thing that i would use to value judge them but just because it would be like a leaderboard chart and that i think would incentivize me to be more into tinder uh-huh. like if, if i were to look at tinder and be like oh man i'm i'm ranked like four thousand this week i gotta get up i gotta get those numbers up then i think i could really i could really get behind tinder then if there was like a dumb competitive aspect of it um i used to well, I used to do a lot of online dating, and, it, and in LA, it's just crazy who you see because you do see people that people that, and I've talked about it on on the show a lot. You know, people that you know or that you you know from media. You know, like a, a lot of actors and TV writers and yeah. stuff like that, which is kind of cool. And then I remember one time early on, I, I looked up, uh, I was looking up to see what the competition was like. You know, so I would mm. do do a reverse search, and I was then I saw, oh, that's Kubiak. That's Kubiak from Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Something that's before your time. I was um, be like, I don't know what that is. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of the first Fox, uh, when Fox be- first became a network, it was one of their first um, uh, uh, sitcoms. And, oh, okay. and uh, there was Abraham Ben Ruby. Like, and I was like, that, like, I didn't know celebrities could be on here. Yeah. Obviously not a celebrity, but I think he's, he's, he's funny. He's, he's not quite celebrity enough for the select. Yeah, he's not um, really getting up those select numbers yet. We'll well, see right, right. Bit. He's not on Tinder Select. He was just on Rego Normal Rego Tinder. Rego Tinder. <laughs> Rego Tinder. But Tinder original recipe. No, he used to be on ER too. Like he's he's had a great career as an actor. But oh, okay. but um, <laughs> I don't know what made me think of that. But that's okay. It's uh, yeah, get, but that's that's the thing is dating out here. You got to fight the selects. That's the yeah. it's, it's survival of the selects but out here. You can't fight them because you're not even on their level. You're not even in the select. You're not. Yeah, yeah. You're you're outside the select velvet rope. Select is such a fun yeah. thing to like attach to any product because you could you, yeah. you have the regular thing and then you just say select and it's now only for uh, rich people. Yeah, uh, Arby's select. Arby's select. <laughs> if you had an Arby's select and put it on top of a skyscraper next to the bar. People would be like helicoptering in for it. Oh, rich people also on Tinder Select on the weekends. Jane reminded us that they hunt poor people for sports. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's where they set up those dates. <laughs> Tally ho! <laughs> They're like, let's go to the island. <laughs> Which island? The island. The island. <laughs> the one where we hunt the poor people. Uh, but wait, what's the name of the the? Shit. Okay. Uh, hold on. Yeah. Go, yeah. Go, yeah. Go ahead. Um, uh, yeah. So I, that's what I, I think. The thing about Tinder Select that's most interesting to me is that you can get into it. Like if you're a regular Tinder person, but you really kill it on Tinder, you can get into the Tinder Select because that means that you have the sex appeal to hang out with the rich people, which has always been such like an interesting facet of capitalism to me. Which is if you're poor but you're hot. You can hang out with the rich people until you get unhot, and then they'll throw you away. Right. That's the that's the definition of Hollywood. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Uh, I'm so, so are you on Tinder right now? Is that your main? Thing? I actually, I've I've been okay cupiding it a little bit, but my my dating uh, interest comes in fits and starts. It's I'll spend like a week where I'm like really into doing it and like messaging people and doing the things and going on dates, and then I'll go on another week where I'm like, eh, never mind, I don't want to pay any attention to this. So I'm kind of in that mode of it right now. But anyways, um, that I I don't think. Um, I think that's the, the perfect attitude to take. You yeah. know, you don't put too much stock in it, and right? Because it does become like this this uh, suck a time suck, and yeah. you feel like, oh, I'm doing something. I'm sw- I'm judging a bunch of strangers. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm getting out there by writing weird, creepy messages to strangers. I've started using it to like pitch jokes, like just to strangers. Just oh, to nice. Like, Here's a joke. And then if they laugh or if they respond, I'm like, that was a good joke. Good job. <laughs> right. Thank you. Never see you again. Yeah. I don't want to meet in person. Scared. <laughs> I have too much anxiety to talk to you again. <laughs> uh, Jane reminded me of this movie called Naked Fear. Um, Is that like... It's this weird movie and uh, it's got... It's about a stripper who gets kidnapped and she's hunted as for sport out in the desert. And it sounds like the most uh, exploitative movie. And sure, it has a... a I was going to be like, uh, probably a little bit. <laughs> it has a tinge of that. Sure. But it's got the guy who plays the sheriff. This is from 2007. Joe Montaigne. Whoa. And I'm like, what the... What? Um, but it is. I remember seeing it and being like, "What is he doing in this movie? And why am I watching this? And why am I not turning it off? And why did I watch it all the way to the end?" But uh, I was just like, "Because it was an artistic masterpiece, obviously." Well, maybe you know, everybody's got to make a living, and maybe maybe strippers just got to get hunted in the desert. No, not really. Well, actually, it was it was directed by uh, Tom Eberhardt, who's who's a a director from the 80s who directed the pilot of Parker Lewis Can't Lose. I win again! I've I followed so little of that. Okay, Parker Lewis even... Can't Lose is okay. the starred Kubiak, the guy I saw on online oh. dating. And he played the sort of villain in that show. Did you plant all of this? I, uh, you were it like, took okay. me months. <laughs> you were like... He directed this movie called Night of the Comet. I don't know if you've ever, ever seen that. You should put it on your list. Okay. It's, it's, on... it's a, Night of the Comet? Night of the Comet. It's okay. like... Um, it's one of these uh, post-apocalyptic movies that uh, is fun. It's like 1984. It's okay. uh, got a good soundtrack. It's got um, so even Catherine Mary Stewart. Even as a person maybe a little weary on the apocalypse at this point. No, no, this might is still enjoy it. Oh, absolutely, okay, absolutely. Um, how how is your writing going? It's going well. I um, I'm behind on everything that I've been trying to do, but I'm still working every or writing every day. Are you still focusing on the sketch stuff? Uh, I actually right now we're at a spot with the sketch stuff where we're waiting. We're getting actors this week, I think. So we're gonna get actors, and then we're gonna start hitting it hard again because we want to bring them in on the writing process with it. Um, uh huh. Meanwhile, I'm sort of I'm working on a pilot thing for uh, my writers group. I've got a class that I'm in that I'm doing a lot of stuff for. So yeah, just like did we talk about how you found your writers group, or did we talk about that offline? I don't know if we talked about that. We might have. But so if anybody's looking to write, 
like how did you find your, your writers group uh it was actually i joined the first thing i did when i came out here was i joined a bunch of facebook groups that were about like trying to find jobs as like a pa because that was what i thought i wanted to do when i came out here or trying to get work as like a, a as like a desk temp or whatever and uh, a couple of them were also just general writing groups like the one that I think I found their through is just called like LA TV writers or something like that. So if you're interested in writing and you're in LA, that's a good group for you. But you can also find writers groups anywhere, right? Yeah, you can find them. Yeah, just, I mean, I'm sure there's forums and stuff dedicated to that yeah. on the internet. I just looked into it because they literally posted like, hey, we're looking for people. You can also just for, form a writers group, get two or more of you together and you will be a writers group. And does it, do you find that it, it focuses you more and makes you more um, like culpable for your writing or not culpable but responsible for your output i think so i think people certain people benefit from deadlines and certain people don't i benefit from them because otherwise i will just sit there and mull over a draft forever so being able to be like this is the draft that i gave to the writers group in april is is really helpful for me right and some people need it just to be able to write which i you know i totally understand that too because writing is is not fun necessarily so being able to have that deadline is really helpful to people. Um, and also I think you get a lot out of reading other people's stuff too. I can't yeah. Really no, that's, that. that's, that was the most valuable thing for me is, yeah. is being a, a reader of, at a film company. And right. Yeah. You do become jaded after when you're, you know, read hundreds and hundreds and thousands of oh, scripts. Yeah. But I mean, I'm already jaded. Yeah. I came pre-jaded. Oh, oh really? Yeah. yeah this yeah. one comes pre-jaded. <laughs> exactly. The Mickey model. Uh, it's just me with a thumbs up in a box that says pre-jaded on it. <laughs> anyway. Wait, hold on. Here we go. Yeah. We're going to dip into the mail sack. Mail sack, mail sack. Come on, get my hands in that mail sack. Yeah, that was great. I love how many songs there are in this show. Oh, I know. Say. But like Tyson has made like just at least half a dozen things for us to play. And then uh, and then my friend Brad, he did a, a bunch of the other ones. So oh, and if anybody wants to send in theirs, we're, we we have a sack for mail. Sack of mail. And we can play MP3s, flax and <laughs> and whatever. Uh, uh, wave. Waves. Yeah. Dot yeah. Waves. Yep. Um, no dot MTS though. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Jesus. you. What's wrong with you people? Fuck that. Get it together. Brandon writes in. Hi, Nooner crew. I will be coming to LA in June and was wondering what you would all recommend to see or do while I am there. Any and all input is appreciated. Thanks, Brandon. Uh, and his, he is also known as a maniacal guitarist. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, we get the, this, an email about this just about, every year and every year i say the same thing i say go to ucb because it's cheap comedy and yes. you'll see your favorite comedians there um and you can oh Patton oswalt has that thing in silver lake that you know for five bucks you get to see Patton oswalt do comedy with all his like movie star friends um cafe largo it's a little more expensive, but they're, that's a great venue. It's a great, great yeah, the stuff Largo's to see. Been killing it lately. But what would you suggest? 
flappers. I, oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> come to see me at my work, flappers.、Um, yeah, don't go see a show there. Just come see me in the back room. Yeah, just come hang out at the box office. See、uh, my giant face. I actually, yeah, my, my too much face、uh, <laughs> will hopefully be covered by beard again then.、Um, I actually I just got trained on sound, so maybe, maybe soon I'll be able to help with the setup. Maybe pump- someday you'll get to, use, to work the flashlight. I know. <laughs> hey! Hey! <laughs> Yeah, just shouting. I'll just be shouting hey from the <laughs> Get off the stage. <laughs> six minutes was six minutes ago.、Um, I like that we have like an official flappers heckler in、yeah. the back <laughs> telling people, get the fuck off. Anyway,、um, yeah, come to flappers, definitely. Come, come hang out. It's,、uh, it, it's, it's great. I, never mind. I was going to say a thing that was maybe going to be critical no, of the place I work, but I don't want to. Oh, well, I mean, every comedy club in the, in the universe has. Lousy comics and. and yeah, no,、uh, I think actually the thing that I like there is that you get to see a unique mix of comics. Like, you don't, we don't necessarily just have like only big names, which is obviously, it's not necessarily an appeal if you're coming from out of town. <laughs> well, hey, we got Jerry Seinfeld like four weeks ago. Oh, really? We're still writing that shit so That's hard. That's awesome.、Too. Were、yeah. you there? I was not. Oh, is, well, then、yeah. shut up. I know. I know. <laughs> But we,、um, no, we, I mean, we, we get big names. Like, we've got Jeff Carlin's there all the time and stuff like that.、Oh, he's so funny. He is actually really funny.、Um, but, anyways,、uh, it, the thing that I like about Flappers is that it's also like a lot of really funny up and comers, if that's、uh-huh. a cool term. Who, who's the one that you've got? Who's one that you would say that person's going to be a star?、Um, One, a, a musical comedy duo,、Go、which is、on. my jam that we have all the time, are the Jasons. They're really funny. The Jasons. Yeah. Check、N- them out on the, wor- on the World Wide Web. Like,、uh, so, Siegel and Sklar? Jason Siegel? Jason oh,、Sklar. God. I was like, what are you saying? <laughs> you, I, I thought for a second I stopped understanding English and I was now just hearing <laughs> gibberish. I am having a stroke. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, gosh. I'm having a medical emergency on、I、the podcast. I smell bad. Um, no, but、um, yeah, pe- people like that are cool. I definitely, as far as non comedy things that are touristy, I love the La Brea Tar Pits so much because、oh. they're like. It's free. It's free. <laughs> a, it's free, which you can't. Parking is not if you want to park in the lot, but don't park in the lot. Park on the street. Be a real person or take a lift.、Um, not an Uber. Don't take an Uber. Fuck Uber. It's also probably cheaper to take a lift anyway in the city. But、uh, I digress. I like the La Brea Tar Pits because it's in the middle of Hollywood, which is the, maybe the fakest, most like,、uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Full of itself place in the world. But the La Brea Tar Pits are just this thing about death and decay that are right smack in the middle of it that they can't get rid of. And I like that so much. I think that's really a nice, nice humbling reminder to all of the. Tinder selects out there. Yeah. Yeah. And if you get La Brea Tar Pits selects, they actually let you die in the Tar Pits. <laughs> slowly. <laughs> slowly, yeah. Oh, just, so slowly. I think that would actually be the way I'd want to go. No, not bad. Yeah, yeah.、Um, and it smells like ass there. And it smells terrible. People told me to take a picnic there. Don't take a picnic there.、No. It smells like an used tire, like、yeah. the inside of a used tire. But you can go to LACMA, the museum right next door. That's、yeah. a great place. But here's one thing that I have not mentioned before that I think is great, a、uh, great thing is to go to the Hollywood Bowl.、Oh, um, yeah. It doesn't really matter what's there, but you could see the Moody Blues on June 17th, or you could see Phoenix on June 15th.、Um, but go to Hollywood 
Bolt.com. Um, but <laughs> not plugging, uh, we're plugging a lot of websites. I know. I know. <laughs> it's great. Um, but it's just like a, a, a uniquely LA experience because you're out, you're with a bunch of Tinder selects. Yeah, they're with the Tinder selects. Well, no, you, you'll probably sit in the nosebleed seats with right. the, the normal. With the Tinder the, regs. The, <laughs> Tinder regs. And, um, but it's just, even if you're in the cheap seats and they, the seats do get pretty cheap for some of the shows, it's a, it's a, great thing like a community thing everybody's out there you bring food and booze and and you know you just have a great great time yeah absolutely yeah that's the thing i haven't really taken advantage of honestly since i came out here i need to do that what's the dumbest touristy thing that you've done here oof um everything involving hollywood boulevard my when i first came out here my mom and my sister were with me and so i was like what a random things that people do in this city to, I asked the midge and he was like, Oh, just take them down Hollywood Boulevard. Hollywood Boulevard is miserable. It's the saddest place. It smells like urine. You do get to see the Hollywood stars, which is kind of cool. I that do is, like seeing that, that is a neat thing. And we like went and found like, uh, Audrey Hepburn and stuff. Cause my mom was looking for Audrey Hepburn. Sure. Star, so it was like yeah. a whole thing. And, uh, but then they're just like, they're people selling you like just shitty t-shirts yeah. up and down the thing. And then all those tours of, did you do a, an open we, bus tour? We did. We did. We didn't do the open bus. We did the Day in LA tour, which oh. uh, used to be called Rasta Bus, but now it's just called Day in LA, which is fascinating because they still have all the Rasta theme stuff. Uh-huh. But there's no no explanation for it. They just throw you on there, and you're they're like, "Welcome to the bus, man." <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Uh, don't do a tour either. The tours are yeah. They fuck. they can just drive by any fancy house and say George Clooney lives yeah. here. However, he's in Lake Como at his whatever right. his right. estate right now. But he's uh, helicoptering we, we, around the Tinder Select building right, right now. We saw him yesterday though. <laughs> uh, but like, there's no no nothing behind it. Any of that yeah. stuff. But yeah, it, I don't be into celebrity shit when you come out here. Yeah. It's all sucks. Yeah. It de- it's it's depressing if you think about it for even a minute. Who was the first star sighting you? Uh, Howie Mandel. <laughs> Not in bed. No, I, in I, bed. I saw him in Santa Monica. And he tried to shake his hand, and he was like, ah. No, I didn't. I saw the back of his head, though, and I was like, is that Howie Mandel? And then he turned. I was like, it is Howie Mandel. And he's wearing the surgical glove. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that was used to be a thing he did. Um, <laughs> I was like, I don't know that reference. Yeah, but no, it's from, yeah, yeah back in the St. Elsewhere days. Uh, he, would just, he would stick it over his head and then inflate it until it popped off of it with Anyhow, uh, <laughs> there's a huge generation gap here at this table. I it's, feel so bad. Every every you, reference you should Marty feel bad makes, for me. No, but every time you make a reference, you just look at me like so expectantly, and I'm like, oh yeah, I don't know anything. I'm sorry. No, no. Um, so okay, we're still in the mail sack. Um, yeah. So I hope that gives you some starting uh, ground for w- what to do in LA. Uh, it's, I mean, LA is just a fun thing. If you're if you're around, you know, maybe we'll have you over. Yeah. Um, if Eat you're some not, food while you're here. Oh, good best, food. the best food, best Thai food, best. Uh, LA is a great fried chicken uh, place of not like just Southern fried chicken, mm-hmm. of which it's now growing famous for, but um, also for Korean fried chicken, for Thai fried chicken, Chinese fried chicken. Good Korean barbecue are out here. Oh, the best, and jam. that's a cheap thing. You can do all you can eat and yeah. have it good. Um, Go to Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers and Downey. <laughs> well, that's. <laughs> We'll spare you that one. Um, <laughs> you guys just do that for nostalgia, right? Uh, like, no, we actually genuinely like the right. chicken, but it is it is also partially for it's it's just become a thing, right? Now, right. like we can't not do it. Um, 
Steve Owens of San Antonio writes in, I must have said something to him uh, about, because he sent us a photo, and he said, Ugh, Marty, you're killing me. Last week when I emailed, just thinking of you guys, I attached a photo of the Sierra Nevada Nooner beer I was drinking. Woof and poofs my ass. I, I forget what I said, but no, I mean, that, that's an annual beer that they have. It's one of their session beers, I think. Um, it's a lovely beer. Um, that's, and I'm, I love that you sent that to us. Lovely. And, uh, Steve is... Steve, you have to come out to L.A. You should come out to L.A. for a visit. Sit in with us uh, because it'd be great to have you. And also, if you want to find out more about Steve, he has a podcast called Finding Stacks. Oh. And the latest episode has an hour-long video with fellow Merp John Piricello. Oh, That's yeah. great. There you go. Fantastic. Uh, we miss John a lot, and we're so excited to see him in Twin Peaks. There's been growing hype. It's coming in May. Yes. Um, Hell it's yeah. going to be awesome. Yeah, Did yeah. you watch the original? Oh, yeah. I yeah. love That's one of my favorite TV shows. It's, it's fucking great. It's <laughs> incredible. Yeah. It's, uh, um, that's on Netflix, if you guys haven't seen it. It's insane, but amazing, and you will love it. Um. Corey writes in saying hello to Nooner Crew. I understand how Quare feels about Kevin Smith, but I was wondering how she feels about Scott Mosier. Thanks for everything and keep up the good work. Um, I I would I deliberately am saying this now because we don't mention Scott Mosier in front of Quare. Oh no. No, 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 no. She, would, she would kill us yes, instantly. Yes. So uh, thank you, Corey, for your email. Hopefully Quare's not listening remotely. Yeah. She's gonna find out. Um we shouldn't have done this. Yeah. And that's it for the sack. Uh, that's a good. That's fine. Yeah. I, we don't need a, a full sack every time, but it, we do love it when people email. And um, there's oh shit, um, there have been some great ones, and please keep them coming in. Yeah. Let fill us sack. You fill the <laughs> fill our sack. Yes, and we also want to know if you haven't li- written us before, just ask us a question. Let us know where you're writing from, and what you do while you're listening to the show. Um, hopefully it's not something gross. Uh, so, okay. Very, very quickly. Um, I have two, two things I want to get through. So, you know, that like, I think like 55% of people polled said that they would eat fake meat that was grown in a lab. Would you, do you, do you hunt? Are you a hunter? Oh no. no. Um, not nearly as into being out in cold places at four in the morning. Yeah. Because my, my cousin lives in Shreveport, and she's big into hunting. That's a, it's a big thing there. Sportsman's paradise. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. Ugh, creepy. Hunting, fishing, all that shit. And do, could you kill an animal to eat it? Um, I think m- maybe. I've never had to, so I can't really say for sure. Because you're an animal lover of sorts. Yeah, I love animals. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Every time I see the, the doggos when I come through the door, I'm, i got to give them some love. Yeah, well, they, I, they appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, yes, but... I've never had to make that choice, but I would imagine that if it were like my survival, I probably would, if I'm being honest. Like, what are you going to do? I, um, I do love animals, and, I, and I, it's one of, the big, one of my many, many hypocrisies in, in life is that I happily eat, not happily, but I, I love the taste of meat. Oh, yeah, I eat meat, too. I'm, yeah, but I, you know, I think pigs are so cute and smart, and I would love a, to have a pet pig, but then I ate... No. Some bacon the other day. Um, but, oh, I'm sorry. Only a third of Americans are cool with lab-grown meat. Would you eat lab-grown meat? Oh, 
Yeah, totally. I'd eat anything. I love uh, fake science food. Give me all the fake science food. That's most of what I'm interested in in my life is just eating. Like, if you could grow a potato like in a test tube, I would eat that potato. No, uh, nice, nice. Oh, yeah. I, I guess I, you could because it's it's a plant. You could grow a potato. Sure. Just <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Well, no, I guess there's um there's a place a San Francisco startup called Memphis Meats that they're, they're starting to grow lab grown um like chicken stuff stuff um but i i I think it's more like ground chicken more than it is like a chicken breast or something like like that but like if they grew an entire pig that was everything but the brain like i would have no problems just like having eating that that fine fine animal it's a tough thing because it's like if they clone it or whatever, then it's still just like a pig that we're. But what if there's raising? no brain? And yeah, so it's not feeling no, anything. No, no, that's the thing. It's like it's it's a it's a weird uh, the limit that you have to to you really have to establish it there. Yeah, I, I like just like growing the meat part. Okay, well, what yeah. if it's like we'll do that. in the, a steak in the shape of a steak? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, what if it was a like they were like, oh well, why stop at a a, a cow? Let's do a mammoth. Would you eat mammoth steak? I would, yeah, I think I, I definitely, oh. you're making it more exotic. Now, yeah. So okay. Well, let, let's, let's, let's amp it up. Would you do, uh, by the way, tweet in if you would do this. Would you do a, a dog? Let, let's say we, we cloned Bruno's haunches so we could just eat Bruno steak. Oh, that would make me sad. <laughs> but why? Right? No, you're so right. No, I know. Isn't it's that weird? weird that that's where my brain is like. I know. Oh. Oh, no, but that I, I deliberately made it. I like think that. if it was any dog, I would. But like, if it was like we, del- we that's the dog. That's Bruno. That that's is Bruno. We. If you ate Bruno, that's what he would taste like. Yeah, I would be like, I don't know if I like this particular. Part. You've I, you've eaten half of it, Nikki. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you told me, it'd be like, uh, uh, what is it? Like Titus Andronicus. <laughs> like, oh yeah. We've cloned the dog. Oh. Um, yeah, if anybody want any, to read a fucked up play, that is a fucked up play. Um, very true, very true. Uh, yeah, I think, honestly, I'm probably, I would eat just about anything, so I'm probably okay. not a great one to have okay. on for this question. No, but I, I like this. What, what if they're like, oh, um, Mickey, you know that chili that you just ate? We took a skin sample of you, and you just ate yourself. I'd be so into that, <laughs> honestly. Right, right, I'd be right. like, this okay, is cool. That, that I would do, but what if it was like... You know, oh, not another person. That'd be fucking weird. <laughs> Isn't that weird though? If, if it would... was like George Clooney, I might like for the novelty of it. <laughs> right. But if it was like, and just oh. when you see him at the farmer's market, I eat you. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, you taste good. <laughs> I own you in my belly now. <laughs> you fed my energy. <laughs> I'm feeding off your soul, <laughs> Clooney. <laughs> Get me into Tinder select now. <laughs> Get to, you make t- That's the thing. If you ate George Clooney. A part of you would be tender select. <laughs> They'd have to let in just like your whatever part of you, like whatever action you took that day. Tender, tender select. Tender, tender. Um, oh. Tender uh, select tenders. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Just tender select tenders select. Just like a whole aisle of them. You can. Oh, I'll take Jennifer Aniston. No, no. no I'll go with uh, Clooney. I just go with what you know. There's actually. Um, there's a movie called I forget what it's called, but somebody's son. Uh, David Cronenberg's son directed it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I forget what it's called. It's but it's like there you get to have celebrities' viruses implanted into you, so you can have the same sickness that they like the same strain of the virus that they had. Antiviral. Antiviral. That's what it's called. That was a crazy movie, but real good. You should guys check out Antiviral. It's on Netflix. Oh, um, wait. So wait, why do you get the the viruses of the? 
Uh, just to have like that experience, just because like celebrity culture is so big in the world of uh, antiviral. So weird. I we're doing we were literally talking about eating Jennifer Aniston two seconds ago, Marty. You can't be like that's weird. But like, I yeah, I, I would happily eat myself. That's so funny though. No, I would eat myself and be uh, like. I'm self-sufficient. I don't know you. I don't know you. No, that would be so cool if I could just be like, if I could clone my own cells and eat that. <laughs> I, you, you might be needing, lacking some minerals. And, yeah. And yeah. all that, all that hair might stick in your teeth. <laughs> right, yeah. I just feel like <laughs> I'd have a teeth beard. Um, so, oh, that reminds me of, there's a, a book, a Roald Dahl book. Uh, did you read Roald Dahl yeah, as a kid? Did you read any of his adulter things? I don't think so. Uh, he did one called My Uncle Oswald. It's about eating his Uncle Oswald? No, no. It's about how um, his uncle found um, this blister beetle powder where a, one dose is the amount that it can fit on the head of a pin or the either the point or the head of a pin. And it's like the most powerful aphrodisiac in the world, oh. and like, and so the, I think what happened is his uncle accidentally swallowed a whole one and had like a, a an erection for four days, and so the the <laughs> what? this is Roald Dahl. It's it's whimsical. Yeah, Go no, with it. no, it really is. It's it's almost like a, what's his name, um, Slaughterhouse Five guy. Kurt oh, Vonnegut. Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pre- proto Vonnegut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so then he hooks up with this beautiful woman, and they go around um, seducing famous people, oh. and then taking their sperm and then selling it to rich women. That's fantastic. That's a great business plan. Yeah. I also like the idea that as long as you have an erection for long enough, you can seduce anyone. Well, no, she's also very beautiful. Oh, too. That's but the, how did he sedu- How did Uncle uh, Jimmy Oswald Oswald seduce the beautiful woman? No, no, he didn't seduce her. They they go into business together. Oh, I see. So yeah. he's like, let's get this. That's, I've got yeah. this erection. No, 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 no. They he found the blister beetle powder. Okay. And they used that oh. to drug rich people. I'm sorry. I did. I'm. I'm a terrible storyteller. No, no, this no. It's a, okay. I was. I'm a bad listener. I think because I was like establishing. He was. The problem was that he had this erection in my brain. Oh no! It went away after four days. Yeah. 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 As you know, he didn't need to call. Oh no, he did. I think I have to go to the hospital. I was about to say you have to go because if it's longer than four, four hours, hours, yeah. We both knew that joke. <laughs> I hate us. We clearly <laughs> watch too much TV, but um, he um. He that the hardest famous person they have to seduce hardest, yeah, the hardest <laughs> famous person. I'm sorry. is George Bernard Shaw because he was gay. So, <laughs> but but they eventually like it it's becomes this like wrestling match. I forget the thing, but it's very funny and it's but it made me think of like how we ascribe this something mystical to someone's sperm or their meat just because yeah. of who they are, uh, you know, true. and. Uh, and like Jane is very smart. She's like, yeah, I do it. I eat grown meat, lab grown meat, even fake Bruno. How dare you? You stay away from. Uh, oh. Could the fake human uh, meat come with the health risk we face if we eat an actual human? When, the health risk we face when we yes. eat an actual human comes from eating the brain. Oh. And so there's a, a disease called Kuru, which is like a, these prions that come. Mm. And if you consume it, it, it eats away at your brain. And I knew the prions. See, I've... I've actually thought about cannibalism, not like in in my life, but just like if you were in a desperate situation, like just don't eat the brain. You just don't eat the brain. Wow, well, no. I didn't know that. I yeah. thought it was like any of the meat of the human. No, 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 no. I, I, uh, it's it, the brain meat. That's where, um, 
Yeah. No. If you could grow muscle tissue, though, because that's what your that's what meat is. Right. Right. Could you then like synthetically make every human being like really swollen, like attractive? Really swole? Yeah. Um, I think that's a different thing that they're also trying. You know. Oh, I see. Uh, did you not see the island? Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I was just thinking about like, what are the limits, man? We're just trying to make ourselves God. There are no limits. Yeah. We are God. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually super down with that. If I could grow a planet and just go live there, I think I would totally put Whatever the cost was to do that, that I would, would be, be yeah, you, yeah. You know what the cost is? Become a Mormon. Oh, true. Um, yeah. You get your the own... cost is too great. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, two years of your life biking around, uh, proselytizing. Yeah. So the last thing is we tried to play, we tried to play Fiasco. And it was oh. a fiasco. And oh, it's no. because we didn't have you there. We tried to record it. We weren't sure what we were doing. We were reading the, the rules as we were going along. And we needed your guidance there. Um, it was still, it's still a super fun game. Oh, yeah. Like, it's great. We, we see the potential in there. And we're going to record it. Will you guide us through this? Okay. And, like, and will you go see what's on that shelf, on the second shelf to your right there? On the left-hand side? The second second oh, 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 nice. Perfect. Do you want to it tell is, what the, the uh, it's a pa- it's two giant packs. I don't know why it was just like nice. Everybody look. Yeah. It's two giant packs of dice or dice, regular dice, bones. I'm sorry. Were you going to call them? I was going to call them dice the whole time. No, the whole time was no, like, I was going to say dice. They're d sixes. <laughs> that's what they are. The one you have to specify. Because if I was like dice, people would be like, oh, do you got a bunch of d twenties? Because that's not what you need to play fiasco. No, d sixes. But D6s you don't really understand the need for them until you actually play it. No, yeah, you really need them and. And so you can take half of those. So, um, because oh, wow. I mean, that, that's 200 that dice. That's a lot. That's yeah. 200 dice, and you only need 20 something or other. But um, yeah, you didn't play it with dice, did you? No, we, we you uh, used a random number generator. Yeah. 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 Which but, is what I've done like a million times in my life for dice stuff. But Oh, oh I forgot. You've actually played RPGs a lot. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I've DM'd a bunch of different. Okay. That, that's what we needed. We yeah. needed your guidance because. Uh, I think we we had some trouble navigating through some of the. I will be. I will come and and all right. Explain the world. So guys, if you play um, RPGs, let us know if what which ones you play. Uh, I mean, board ones or whatever, live ones. What yeah. do they call them? Just yeah. RPGs. RPGs. Role playing games. Yeah. Um, let let us know what you play. Let us know if you play Fiasco and what you like about it. And um, do you have anything you want to plug? Any RPGs I want to plug? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Um, you know, I haven't been playing anything recently. I will plug, if you live in Los Angeles and have a game group, uh, message me on Twitter, because your boy needs to get some D&D or something. Really? And so, yeah, I, would, I, I would come and play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll, right. Message us on Twitter. We'll come play D&D have with you. Have you ever played Paranoia or Par- I so I've literally I've only ever played D and D and Pathfinder like for extended campaigns. Uh-huh. There was like um, is Netrunner is that I don't know I've never played um, any of these games. There, I've played a couple for like a session, but I don't remember a lot of the names super well. Oh, okay. Um, well, I'll give you the book and you can tell me if it's good or not. Okay, cool. Um, so guys, thank you so much for. Oh, and if. Uh, so you don't have it? You're you're not doing stand up anytime soon? Oh, uh, I actually have a I have a set coming up in I think it's April 21st. It's at Flappers. Right. So you know, come All right. come um, check out. And we still got to do Mia's. We uh, oh it's yeah, super we fun. Do. So, but you work on Tuesday nights. I uh, actually well, have we'll, a class on Tuesday nights right now. But okay, one of these Tuesday nights. All right. So I'm uh, I might go 
for the second time. But um, you can see me in the background in Lady Dynamite. Uh, there's a very, very funny bit um, that I'm a part of um, very peripherally. But yeah. it was it was a, a real hoot. There were like um, there was livestock involved, and oh, it was it was insanity. It was it was really really fun. Uh, but in the near near future. Um, if you want to, and this is actually an economic opportunity for everybody else. I'm going to, um, as soon as Mickey leaves, I'm going to um, unlock the door and then I'm going to go take a shower and it's a performance art piece. And if you come <laughs> and watch me take a shower and lather my, myself, I'll, I'll give you each, of, each and every one of you 20 bucks. So, oh, wow. What yes, an exciting opportunity. I know. So... <laughs> Trust me. I thought you were going to say, I'm going to leave the door open, so come and rob me. Oh, no, no. Well, that, no. Well, come on. I'm giving people an artistic opportunity. You're right. And I've been practicing, I've been rehearsing this piece for 40 something years. So, uh, what an opportunity. Yeah. And so it's, you'll see the precision, you'll see the practice, and you might see something you didn't ever want to see, but you'll get 20 bucks (laughs) out of it. Okay. Uh, So, um, and next week, uh, when do the, when does the midge get back? The midge, uh, they actually get back tonight. Oh, okay. Um, so they, they, you're missing them by what four hours, I think. Oh, okay. So um, we will have Cassandra back hopefully next week, and so. unless she's doing something great and awesome. Yeah. Um, hopefully Scott will come back, and maybe we'll have Kruger on the. Um, Steve Kruger will join us on the Skype machine because that would be great. He's uh, on the ones and twos. On, Wait, is that that's not what that means? Oh Never my mind. God, <laughs> you're fired. All right, everybody, we'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> see you next Tuesday. Oh, jeez. Hit that box. Hit that box.